Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations, where every week we cover a topic on mental health, adversity, spirituality, or societal issue. I'm your host, Furkan Dambia. And in this week's episode, I wanted to cover a form of therapy that I think has been very useful. It's walking and talking therapy. And I sit down with John Sendham to explore the transformative strength of this form of therapy. Discover the profound impact movement can have on mental health and well-being. John, a seasoned expert in the field, shares his insights into how walking can create a conducive environment for open conversations and genuine connections. We delve into the therapeutic benefits of this unconventional approach, exploring how it fosters a sense of ease, breaks down barriers, and encourages a more natural flow of thoughts and emotions. John is a dedicated father, a loving husband, and a registered psychotherapist specializing in men's mental health. He founded Uplift Therapy for Men, a group practice providing virtual and in-person support to men across Ontario. John conducts therapeutic walk and talk sessions where he's based in Etobicoke, blending nature and therapy for a holistic approach an advocate for destigmatizing men's mental health, John actively raises awareness and is committed to fostering resilience and positive change in men's lives through his empathetic and person-centered approach. You can find John on Instagram at Therapy with John or check out his Uplift for Therapy Men page as well. That's at Uplift for Therapy Men or his website, Uplift for Therapy for men.com also check out the sponsors of the podcast and if you could leave a five-star review or a comments in the comment section i would truly appreciate it and a brief word for our sponsors One thing that's really helped my mental health is a daily routine. Every morning after doing some breathing exercises and cold exposure, I like a smooth cup of coffee. I've been drinking Four Sigmatics coffee for the last three years, and it's been very beneficial for my routine. I especially like their Lion's Mane and Chaga Mushrooms coffee, which helps me with my mental focus and energy every day morning. Four Sigmatic is on a mission to infuse functional mushrooms into the foods and supplements people love and use daily. Their goal is to enrich minds and improve well-being. By pairing lion's mane with coffee for focus or reishi with cacao for a sense of calm, their brews, blends, and powders get everyone in a good headspace so they can focus on what matters most. Check out Four Sigmatic and use the code easy conversations, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your order. Today's episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy can be very difficult for many people to start. In my personal experience, when I was going through my divorce, therapy allowed me to bridge a significant gap. With the help and support of my therapist, 
I was able to uncover a lot of repeated patterns and behaviors that were impacting my life. Through goal setting, I was able to focus on things that required attention, which allowed me to improve the relationship that I had with myself and by extension, the relationship that I had with others. As a therapist, I've been able to see the positive benefits that clients are able to derive through healthy rapport and goal setting. BetterHelp allows a lot of flexibility where clients can schedule video sessions, sessions on the phone, or through messaging. In most cases, BetterHelp will match you up with a licensed therapist within 48 hours. If that's not a good fit for you, BetterHelp will work with you to find the right fit. Join over 4 million users today by following the link in the description or going to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash easy10 to get 10% off your first month of therapy. John, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Thank you for joining me today and taking the time. I'm super grateful and I'm really excited about the topic we're going to cover today. But before we normally get started, I'd like to give the guests an opportunity to introduce themselves and let the listeners know a little bit about what it is that they do and where they're based and all kinds of stuff. Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to, to doing this. I look forward to, to being here. So I'm John Sendham. I'm a registered psychotherapist in uh, uh, Toronto, Ontario, practicing mainly virtual with some walk and talk, which we'll probably get into today. Yeah. And mainly what I do is provide uh, psychotherapy services to, to specifically male clients that are in their careers, relationships, or just looking to self-improve, essentially. Yeah, the the whole notion for today was to talk about walk and talk therapy, which is mm -hmm. something I've touched on uh, briefly in the past. And I do see a lot of benefits. I find it like walking is definitely therapeutic for me. And a lot of times when I've had people reach out or especially friends who've uh, been struggling with something, I'll tend to take them on a walk and, and talk through a lot mm -hmm. of this stuff. Why did you feel like that would be a good way to work with clients. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the things you just mentioned, right? Like going out for a walk is beneficial in of itself. Mm -hmm. So you have walking outside of nature, movement, and now therapy, you're combining three elements all together. So each individual has its benefits. Now all three, it's like a superpower almost essentially, right? Yeah. And it's giving the clients uh, an opportunity to not just be confined to the therapeutic environment, like the room or the online platforms, being outside in nature and having this whole container to help you in the therapeutic process. So you can use nature as a tool to guide you and the client through what is that the client's kind of going through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's walking in nature based on my personal experience. I find like it just opens up a lot of things for me and I'm able to often come up with a different perspective on things, just being in nature. I don't know if it's just because you're expanding your own view mm -hmm. on things rather than sitting in a room and, and being somewhat isolated. It's that's been my personal experience, but I don't know if that's something you've encountered with clients. I'm still fairly new to this practice of walk and talk. Uh, I just had it with one client, two sessions, but the client benefited from it. They appreciate it. They're like, yeah, this is actually really beneficial. I like doing this. Um, when I started, it was during the winter time. So it was like in the, the November period. So yeah. it was starting to get a little cold. And then we had one scheduled. And I think that's when we had a snowstorm here in Toronto. Yeah. 
So we had to shift that to online. But now with the weather getting a bit better, it's going to be a thing to, that I'm going to start offering again to clients that are interested in that. Right? Again, it's not for all clients, but clients that are interested in them, open time and conversation about let's having this talk outside. Yeah, yeah. And that's another important thing to note, depending on where you're based, uh, especially if you're in Canada, then weather <laughs> kind of limits your ability to provide that kind of for in the wintertime. So yeah. they just tell clients to bundle up, there's going to be snow and this is the path we're taking. And yeah, let's, let's go with it, right? I guess if it gets too cold, like minus 30 or something like that, then maybe we won't consider that. But yeah. again, it's up to the client and the therapist to decide at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I appreciate you sharing some of the research you did yourself. And one of the things that jumped out to me and which I was thinking about myself is it takes the pressure off the client. And often when you're sitting across from a therapist in the room and you're trying to avoid eye contact or you're talking through something perhaps very difficult or something you've shamed yourself for, it adds that additional level of pressure with someone sitting there. Whereas with walking, that pressure is gone. So you're able to actually be in your body, as you mentioned in your research there, and be able to speak. Uh, and perhaps again, not feel that pressure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think back to if you think of the evolution of psychotherapy, if it started with Freud sitting behind the couch, to then uh, being in this office environment, to now being online and even like a walk and talk, like outside of nature. So just the evolution yeah. of the therapeutic process, clients. Yeah. Yeah. What else did you come across in your research that you feel would be relevant to share and, and talk about here? Absolutely. I think going back to that office environment that we're talking about now, something that I've noticed with clients, because I work particularly with men, is that uh, men tend to like look down or look away. They, it's sometimes awkward to have that eye contact, especially yep. like you said, if they're dealing with something that's shameful or something that's difficult, they don't want to show that presence in the, in the therapeutic environment. So being in nature, you're side by side, right? You have, again, nature, trees, grass, whatever is in front of you to focus on, right? So you're not just staring at the person. You're there walking in parallel. And it's like you're tackling the problem together as opposed mm-hmm. to like we're talking in this direction. It's just going back and forth. Whereas we're actually right. walking together for the same kind of goal of alleviating whatever it is that you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where you mentioned it's for the client. It's a literal and figurative way of moving forward through the problem perhaps yeah no that's great and just out of curiosity just your own practice why are you specifically working with men is that just personal interest or there's always some reason but yeah absolutely when i graduated from my program i started my private practice on a part-time basis and i didn't market to men i just have a generalist type posting on my psychology today, but I noticed that a lot of men were reaching out. So my client caseload was, I would say 80 to 90% male focused. I did have some female clients here and there, but then as I was evolving as a therapist and my practice, I decided to start mainly focusing on men and marketing toward that direction. Being a man myself, going through my own struggles of being a dad, husband, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah. okay, I think there's something here. And again, we know the, the stereotype of men don't go to therapy or it's hard for men to open up. So all those nerves around that. So I wanted to change that and decided to establish a practice focusing specifically working with men. 
Yeah. Yeah. And for me, one of the things, I don't know if this is true or how true it is and if it's something you come across, but as going through school and, and now becoming a therapist, a lot of people told me, oh, you're in a great spot. This is great. There's not a lot of male therapists in the field, which people get excited about. So I wonder if it's men don't go for therapy because there aren't male therapists or it's just an issue of just being vulnerable or probably a combination of both. Cause I can imagine yeah. men struggling to talk about their personal issues or some of the stuff we covered already, like something that's really shameful or very mm -hmm. deep and exploring that with a female therapist. Whereas with a, a male therapist, it's probably a lot easier to talk through those things. So it's probably, I feel like it's a combination of both, but I don't know what yeah. you've seen on your end. Yeah. I'll definitely say it's a combination of both and Something that I've been noticing on different Facebook groups or where therapists are looking for referrals is sometimes they'll say that there's a male client that's looking for a therapist, but they prefer a female. So that, I found that interesting as well. But others, it's quite open. And then just the men that I've worked with, I always ask in the console, what was it about me that you decided to reach out to? Yeah. Or you work with male issues, that sort of thing. So that gives me some insight. Okay, men are interested in therapy. They're just looking for something that I write on my website or on my Psychology Today profile that will allow them to reach out and start that process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also knowing that the other person can relate mm -hmm. to a certain extent. I think that there's always that fear that, hey, I'm going to go ask for help, but mm -hmm. what does this person know or how? what can they offer in this space? So I think there's a little bit of that too, but it's good to see more male therapists too because then that can help help other men as well for sure yeah i think it's definitely needed for sure yeah so anything else like in terms of the i'm really curious about what else you've learned in the research you did as far as walk and talk therapy goes and where do you think this can take off it, it seems like again in the research you did there's quite a few therapists offering that in Toronto. Which, surprised to see i haven't done the research here in calgary to see if it's the same case but i haven't heard about it a lot mm -hmm. yeah i think when i was doing my research so this was way before the pandemic so there wasn't a lot of people that was offering this type of service i think maybe like one or two but i think after the once we had the pandemic people had to shift their practice to mainly online virtual mm -hmm. and that's i think where some people pique their curiosity in doing the walk and talk uh, at the time, I wasn't ready to do it just yet, but that's when I started gaining more research on it. And, and I saw, yeah, more people started offering this. I was looking at their website, like, how are they marketing? What is it that they're doing? And then I did come across a course talking about walk and talk therapy. Mm. So going through like different modules of like how to set up your own practice, write some website copy. And then that's when I was going through the transition of rebranding my practice. So I decided, okay, this is the perfect time to incorporate all that together mm -hmm. and just start offering it. Right, just market it yeah. out there, and obviously it was the wrong timing, of course. But now, this year around, it should be a good time. But I think it's getting people, uh, like some of the research says, like getting people out of their heads and into their bodies, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're stuck in the therapeutic room, you're just stuck sitting down in this space, right? Right. So you're not really engaged with your body. Your body's kind of almost shut down in a sense. Uh, but if you're outside, you're walking. You there's that movement aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. walking through this challenge, this concern that's maybe 
holding you back from something, right? So if you're being held back from something, you're actually walking forward. It's like, oh, wow, I can actually make progress. I can actually move forward like we've talked about. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's just interesting to see that, those dynamics at play. Yeah, and there's something to be said about movement in general, right? I think a lot of people, when they're struggling with something, they tend to just isolate or just yeah. be stagnant, which doesn't help in the long run. I think movement does help in many aspects, especially with mental health. I find if I'm having a tough day, just going for a walk, like I said earlier, is exactly. really helpful. Yeah. I remember during the pandemic, right when we went to lockdown back in March, almost around this time. Yeah. I think I stayed home a month or two without getting fresh air. Not because I was scared or anything like that. I was just, that's what you do. Yeah. And then what got me outside was actually getting a dog. What probably most people did during the pandemic was get a dog and just getting outside. So when I go out in the mornings with my dog, I'm getting in the fresh air, the sunlight, um, taking, I'm like, I live right beside the water here in, in Toronto. Yeah. So it's amazing that I get to see nature as the first thing yeah, I wake yeah. up, walk outside and boom, nature's right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's tons of research now coming out about getting that direct sunlight first thing in the exactly. morning, how beneficial it is for sure. Yep. There's other aspects that you covered that I found interesting. And I'm sure people would be wondering too, when it comes to confidentiality right. and often if you're out for a walk, you may run into people you for those types of encounters, perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, that's a great question. Definitely something important to, to focus on. So based on the research that I was doing, obviously that can be a concern, especially if you're outside, depending on the neighborhood, if it's your neighborhood and the client's neighborhood, then obviously you might run into some people that you might know. Yeah. So the process that I engaged in is I'll offer consultation. So clients can't book directly on my website. They have to go through me first. Mm -hmm. So we do the consultation to make sure I answer their questions, any concerns that they might have, mention walk and talk therapy as an option if they're interested. And then we have the first session. So the first session would be online uh, as a way to get to know the client a bit better, set the th those therapeutic goals and develop a plan going forward. So again, that's where we talk about walk and talk therapy and then address those concerns, right? So there would be a separate consent form that the client would review. If they have any questions, happy to address them. And then that would be part of the conversation. Like, okay, so this is the, the place where we're going to be doing walk and talk. We may run into people that either you or I know. How are we going to handle the situation? So obviously, we talk about that. And some things we could just acknowledge the person and be like, hey, not right now. I'm busy talking to someone. And same thing for the client, right? They could just say, right. oh, I'm just out on a walk with a buddy type of thing. Again, because mm -hmm. we don't want to break that confidentiality. Oh, I'm with my therapist or oh, I'm with a client type of thing. Just yeah. trying to create that. And again, it's not about being rude to, to anyone, right? Just being like, hey, not right now, right? Mm -hmm. And then again, allowing the client to, to feel comfortable throughout that process. If let's say we see someone in the distance, maybe we take a different route. Again, I'm always open to any suggestions that the client may have. If they want to spend two minutes, just, hey, what's up? How's it going? And okay, I'm going back to what I'm doing type of thing. Right. Yeah. Is there any other, because there's also ethical considerations too, right? As far as ethics concern and and then i have some specific questions that i'll come to yeah again the other important thing is the conversation of itself right what is it that the client's bringing up presenting in the conversation and what's the environment like are there a lot of people around 
So one thing that I do as a therapist is I try to gauge the atmosphere. So if we're walking a certain direction, how many people are over there? If there's a lot of people, like I said, maybe we move a different way. Maybe walk a bit slower. There's certain areas where you can like actually pause. If there's like a bench or a yep. place to actually maybe sit down and just go there. Especially if it's something that's really heavy that's coming up. Yeah. Let's go there. And again, even like in the consultation and the conversation beforehand, I tell the clients like this may be a thing that happens, right? Some people may walk by and overhear certain things. Are you okay with that? If they're dealing with like trauma, let's say that maybe that's not the best option. Right. But if it's something that they can, yeah, it's, it's fine if people hear, then we go from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it is client yeah. driven as well. For sure. And yeah, that's an important distinction too, because you have to almost gauge what the topic is going to be or what exactly. the client's coming with or what they're presenting. And you almost have to make that call base. Mm -hmm. As you said, you don't want to be out in public, especially if the client's discussing some heavy stuff or, or very personal stuff. Emotions, right? If emotions are coming up, yeah. what, how do you manage that? And, and sometimes you can't predict that. It could exactly. be something comes up and, and it starts you start feeling emotional and you're yeah it's a great question because again in the therapeutic office or online environment you can see the client start emoting right there's something coming up in them that their eyes start getting watery and you can see it right mm -hmm. if you're doing walk and talk you're beside each other obviously you're still like as a therapist i'm still looking at the client trying to gauge those cues but it's just i think checking in with the client right if we say something, there'll probably be some sort of cue, maybe like a sigh or maybe there were pacing changes or something of that nature. And then just checking in with them. Hey, I see that once we went through this, I noticed something in you. Are you mm -hmm. feeling something right now? And that's mm -hmm. where the client has the opportunity to share. Yeah, I'm feeling sad or whatever the emotion might be. And then we can start shifting the walks. Like, okay, do you want to take a moment here? Can yeah. we go beside that tree if there's a tree, for example, as a way to have a bit of privacy and then allowing the client to emote if they need to just mm -hmm. let it out. Yeah. And then something that the training talked about too is just having a backpack with certain essentials, right? Like if you want some tissues, obviously a first aid kit, just things that you might need to give to the client, let's say. Yeah. A bottle of water. Bottle of water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Coming full circle here, there's an aspect of, as you're aware too, but the biggest focus I realized during my schooling was building that relationship with the client, uh, having that rapport, building trust. And that takes a couple of sessions, mm -hmm. if not more. And that's significant. So in that, in those cases, would you look at it, but you know, perhaps the first couple of sessions, the intake. You're doing it more in a office setting or in a personal setting. And once you've built that trust and rapport, then perhaps you can take that next step of starting to go out for walks. Because I don't know how comfortable the client would be or, or nervous, especially if you're starting right off the bat mm -hmm. and walking outside, especially in a busy area. But yeah, mm. I wonder if that would be something to consider as well. And, and I'm saying this more also if clients are considering this type of modality or would like to suggest it to their therapist, mm -hmm. then being mindful of those things, because if you don't trust 
the person or if you're starting this relationship and it's yeah. really early, you may not feel as comfortable and you may not get mm. as much as you want being outside in, in public. Mm. No, I think, yeah, that's definitely a, a key point for sure. Because again, the therapeutic relationship is the important thing of the therapeutic process, mm. right? If you don't trust your therapist or you don't have that good vibe with them, then no matter what modality or thing that you're going to be doing, it's not going to be effective. Right. So yeah, like the client that I did the walk and talk therapy with, we have had this relationship established for a while now. Mm -hmm. And when I presented it to them, they're open. They're like, yes, this is what right. I want to do. So again, I didn't tell them like, oh, yes, this is what we have to do. I'm like, hey, yeah. this is something that I'm offering. Those of you that are interested, you're welcome to reach out and we can schedule that. Again, and I sent them all the, the information, right? Like my website link, the consent form, they reviewed it, they understood it, we discussed it, and they're like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and the other thing to consider too, and this is again for listeners who are seeking therapy or are wanting to consider this, and as therapists, it's always good to ask for feedback, right? You may do a couple of walk and talk sessions and maybe the client's not feeling it or mm -hmm. they're not really enjoying it. They're probably yeah. realizing that there's too many people around and I don't feel comfortable. I'm not getting the most out of it is always having that avenue for feedback, right? Or as a therapist after any session yep. and, and then clients have that opportunity to be like, you know what, this is probably not working well, or, or maybe. I want to do this once in a while, but not all the time. So that's Absolutely. something also to consider, right? For sure. Yeah, because again, the, the client's paying for the session, right? So they want to get the most out of it. So if walk and talk is what they want to do, then great. If not, then there's the virtual or in-office experience, right? Yeah. And again, with weather, like it could rain or snowstorm, especially in Canada. We have to adapt to those as well. Like I yeah. mentioned with my client, we had it scheduled. It was really cold. So we opted for the online. It's, yeah, weather is definitely a, <laughs> a big concern here for sure. And then I guess if you're setting goals and stuff like that, how are you managing that? Typically when I'm working with clients, I've got, I'm able to take notes and mm -hmm. hash those out and then either send it to them or they're taking notes, whatever is going on. That's obviously difficult when you're outside and walking. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage those types of situations yeah so i had to bring like, a small little notebook obviously during the walk i wasn't taking notes but i was trying to like capture as much as i could like through memory of course and obviously the walking helps with that too so there's that yeah. benefit, benefit added to it but just after the session as soon as the client left i would just bust up the notebook start taking some notes like just point form key themes ideas that we discussed and then when I got home, I would just start transcribing it in, into the client's file. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes like even just writing it, oh, I can't read my writing now. It's like, oh, what did we talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. And again, maybe just asking the client too, like, hey, what'd you get out of the session? Yeah. What stood out to you? And it's like, okay, that's the main focus of the process. Yeah. Yeah, but though, again, some things to consider, right? If you're considering this, again, as a client or a therapist, mm -hmm. those are little things that, yeah. And sometimes you just need to go do it and then you learn trial and error. Yeah. The good thing is with technology, because my platform is online, so I can go in, access the client file, and I could transcribe on there through my phone or tablet. Yeah. 
and make it easier that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can transcribe on your phone at the moment too, right? As you're setting the goals. So very cool. Yeah. Anything else, John? I think this is great idea and I think it's really beneficial for all the reasons we've talked about. I think we've covered quite a bit of ground in terms of things to even consider and look out for as a client or a therapist, but I'm sure we may have missed something, but if there's anything else that you feel that's relevant and valuable, I would love to, for you to have the opportunity to share. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing I would mention is, again, not all therapists would offer this. So always double check with your therapist if this is something that they do offer or if they know someone who might offer it that they can recommend you to, if this is the avenue you want to go into. Yeah. Something that I started noticing is a lot more people are tired of the online environment and they want either in person or I guess this walk and talk style. And when I do talk about it, people are like, oh, wow, I'm actually interested in that. Or it's like, yeah, this is definitely something I want to consider. Right. And again, like we mentioned in this conversation, we know the research on the benefits of walking, the benefits of nature, and the benefits of therapy, right? So now yeah. it's, like I said, bringing all of that together and providing these clients an opportunity to just find other ways of healing, right? Yeah. doesn't have to be that standard being in the office, closed off. No, there's other ways to, to get that support as well. For sure. Yeah, and I think for a lot of clients, it's, they've got a busy life. This is their only opportunity. Maybe going for therapy is their only opportunity away from a lot of the responsibilities. So if they can add that additional benefit of getting some movement exactly. and getting out in nature or be getting some sunlight, that's obviously a, a huge plus, right? So that's important sure. too. Yeah. And then I think for therapists, the only consideration to, to look into is um, the logistics of booking clients because you don't want to book a walk and talk and then have an online client or an in-person client and then you're struggling to get back to the office or wherever you're, you're doing your sessions. So something that I'm looking to do is maybe offer a specific day, like three appointments or how many appointments needed at the end of the day or in the morning as just walk and talk. So if you're interested in walk and talk, that's what's allocated. If you can make it work, boom, we can schedule it in and go from there. Yeah, and that's such a great point because when you're in the office, you have access to a clock. You can have back-to-back -back clients and not yeah. have to worry about getting from one place to the other. But the other, exactly. yeah, last thing you want to do is make the clients feel rushed or yeah. keeping constantly keeping track of time, which also prevents the therapist from being present. So. Mm -hmm. Very important things to consider on both ends, for sure. And then definitely mapping out the path that you're going to be walking with the client. Because the first path I did was at High Park, and I didn't really have a path in mind. We just winged it, to be honest. And the client was cool with that. Like, they were fine. But definitely mapping out the path. Because when we did it the second time, we had a different area, which was a bit longer. You can have a slower pace, and there's a bit more uh, spots to like sit down if needed. Mm -hmm. And then just, yeah, maybe having like a Fitbit or some sort of watch where the timer could go off. Right. And allowing like a buffer of like 10 minutes maybe between clients. Again, if the client's driving in to the parking lot, they can go to their car, get settled in, take off, and then you can spend those 10 minutes doing your notes and then just checking in for the next client. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all good. Thanks, John. I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing all this. Absolutely. And for listeners, 
that want to get a hold of you or find you? What are some ways they can do that or and learn more about the work? Absolutely. Yeah. They go on my website. It's uplifttherapyformen.com. You can take a look at my services, bring on some team members, and just look at the walk and talk services that we offer. Very cool. Thanks again, John. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for checking out this episode with John. As always, please leave a five-star review or a comments in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And please check out the sponsors of the podcast. Those are the easiest and best ways to support the podcast. Thank you again, and until next week.